0: This podcast is brought to you by the award-winning prop firm, Elcrest and is for entertainment purposes only.
1: I had read a lot of books by this time, and I was really, really aware of money management, position sizing, stop losses. I never really lost a lot of money. I've never blown up a trading account or anything like that. I've learned a lot from the likes of Larry Williams, and he'll often say that we're looking to catch trends, and trend is a function of time. The longer you can stay in a trade, the more profit is available to catch. Some of Larry Williams' old books, but my favourite book, I cannot recommend this book enough it is fantastic and basically what it is it's a book filled with entry and exit ideas for
0: strategies episode 222 all right folks today we've got jared goodwin in the house also goes by the transparent trader on youtube and for good reason too you're going to find out why soon now jared has spent the past eight years studying larry williams amongst uh, other top traders Andrea Unger, other guys who've been on the show. In fact, Larry was only on the show two weeks ago, if you wanna check out that episode. Now, what Jared has done is verified whether or not the strategies that he teaches actually work and he's tested them over many many years uh, and now trade some of them live now uh, what we're going to do after this is we jumped on a video what we did should I say we jumped on a video recorded uh, Jared giving you a breakdown of the smash day strategy taught by Larry Williams and how that actually performs in some different ways to get in and out of the trade so worthwhile checking that out coming up very soon now other things happening here on the trading Nut channel we've got live streams still going on in fact we've got our second trader to pass phase one of the fidel crest 50k challenge so if you want to see the trade he took i think it's from last week uh it's herrera so well done herrera if you guys want to take part there's a link under the video or in the description of the podcast to take part in this just enter the draw uh, other things going on here you've got the free trading view pro links below the video and podcast now if you're thinking after listening to the show i want to automate some of the stuff and do what jared's doing but i don't like my, my multi-chance which is what he uses and you want to stick with metatrader 4 or 5 then check out the links below the video to all the robot stuff that i've got robot builders club and all the other things in there Um, i'm sure we can find a solution for you there so folks enough from me let's hear from my sponsor and get on with the show Fidelcrest is an award-winning prop firm that funds traders with up to $2 million and offers generous profit splits up to 90%. So one thing that really sets Fidel Crest apart is their no minimum trading days requirement on their challenge and verification stages. On top of that, traders who successfully pass the challenge and verification stages are eligible to receive a bonus payout of up to 30 k on top of their funded stage profit split payout on performance. And be sure to use promo code TRADINGNUT. one word to get 10 percent off your next challenge click the link in the description below or the card above to find out more all right folks here we are on trading up we've got jared goodwin in the house all the way over there in the uk from the transparent trader so welcome to the show jared hello cam
1: thanks for having me on
0: hey look um today we're going to get your full 14 year trading journey uh to start off with and then dive into what you're doing now uh, and how you've managed to deconstruct the markets and Gain a bit of information and insight into uh, what you've managed to do and how people can learn from that. So, to start off with, Jared, how's the best, uh, how did you get into trading and where'd it all start?
1: Okay, so, yeah, a bit, bit of a strange one. Um, I come not from a trading background, I don't come from a computer background or a programming background, anything like that. In fact, uh, prior to trading, I spent most of my life fixing cars uh actually mostly body shop wise anyway so about 2008 2009 ish the guy I was working for um he used to buy and sell some shares um British Airways in fact because he had a little part-time job with British Airways and I was just fascinated that you know he was this was back in the day where he would ring up on the telephone um to get the quotes every like twice a day it's to get the share price and i was just fascinated that you know he could invest a certain amount one day and the next day it'd be worth more or or not as the case may be but that fascinated me and i soon got into it i got an old laptop computer and i got a um i don't know if you remember you used to get like um like a usb dongle for the wi-fi do you remember those um, you could yeah. plug the USB yeah, 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 dongle yeah. in, yeah, and it could give you Wi-Fi. And I, I managed to get Wi-Fi in in, the, in our workshop, and I opened a share trading account and started to buy and sell some some shares just in some UK companies. And that's pretty much where it all started. And I did that. Uh, had this laptop set up in the corner of the workshop, getting dusty. Um, I did that for for a couple of years, probably. Uh, and that's, yeah, that's pretty much where it started. I never. And, and you made never, money on that or or did it? I did. I actually did quite well. Um, I think it, it was more luck. Uh, and I knew that. Um, and that's why I was always just in the pursuit to learn exactly how to do it. A lot of the stuff that I happened to buy, I'd read from tips. These um, are shares. And I'd read from tips and they'd just gone my way. Uh, but, yeah, ultimately I knew I didn't want to be trading off the back of somebody else's tips, so it made me, you know, go investigate even deeper. So we're two What was the next port call? So the, the next port call, I couldn't understand. Well, I was told that just because it was quite frustrating, just because the main market, though it'd be the FTSE 100 in my case, if the FTSE 100 had a had a bad down day, say so it was down one percent. Uh, The shares that I was holding, which had been going up nicely, they'd also dropped down as well. And yeah, we all know that. I didn't really quite understand it then. And it was frustrating. Uh, So I thought, why am I trading these individual companies? Why not trade uh, the FTSE itself? So then I got into, um, we have spread betting uh, over here. We still have it, actually. Uh, You probably know what that is. And it gives you access to trade all all different products. So I started trading like the index. So the actual, the FTSE. Um, and yeah, done that for another few years. Um, and I mean, this, this took me probably right up to 2016. So I probably spent a good seven years. Um, this was all on a part-time basis. So there was no urgency. It wasn't like I needed to do this to earn a living. Um, there was no urgency, but I was very passionate and I would spend, evenings weekends looking at it uh so yeah did that with with haphazard results really um no no real success eventually got were, into... you sort of,
0: were you using your like sort of uh, share trading strategy on the footsie or and yeah, things like much. stop losses yeah. and you know did you have those because yeah, yeah. a lot of people who trade shares at the start will just get in and they'll get out they won't like have a fixed stop loss
1: yeah so Yeah, this brings me on to, yeah, um, I was lucky enough that I'd read a lot of books by this time and I was really, really aware of uh, money management, position sizing, stop losses. So I never really lost a lot of money. I've never, I've never blown up a trading account or anything like that. I've never lost a big chunk of my account just because I'm, I am pretty risk averse and yeah, I'm one of these people and it's probably in some ways to my detriment. You know, I kind of want to know everything. I want everything right before I do the thing. Um, Mm. And I mean, in this case, it stopped me blowing up accounts and that sort of thing. But getting back to the journey. So that was indexes. I then got into foreign exchange. Somehow, I think, oh, I know how I did. I I bought a book by um, Courtney Smith. Um, It was a trading foreign exchange book. So I got into that and then eventually uh, what really turned the corner was 2016, I discovered a guy named Andrea Unger and I got onto one of his courses at the time and that was the start of my algorithmic trading journey. So up to then it was, I didn't really have any plans I kind of like technical analysis type stuff. I, I prefer the charts. I've always hated anything to do with fundamentals. Always hated news that sort of thing. So that was why I kind of moved to the algorithmic side of things. And then, pretty much from two thousand sixteen through to today, um, it's just been algorithmic, um, and all my all of my live trading is all automated as well. And so you so like to
0: to go from I suppose body shop work to. Automated mm. trading—it's quite a big shift, isn't it? I mean, how to just overcome that learning curve?
1: Um, just having someone show me how to do it. I mean, I I often credit Andre Arunga, um, and I credit him now. Uh, you know, he, he had a really good course, and I use um, MultiCharts, so that's the the trading platform. It's very similar to TradeStation, and it's not the hardest thing to program. Um, and i was along sort of learning alongside andrea's course and i guess okay i was just fixing cars i guess i do have quite a mathematical technical brain and picked up the um the programming quite quickly so yeah, yeah. that's how so when
0: that's an that's an absolute achievement. And We've actually, uh, I, I said to you before the show, I've had Andrea uh, Unger on the show before. I actually mm. haven't had it on, had him on. I remember now it was like back when I did 52 Traders, and my daughter actually, who was probably seven at the time, she read out the questions, and I read yeah. Andrea's answers because he didn't he didn't come on. I should actually try and get him on. That's a good point. Yeah, um, you should. yeah. Uh, so so okay. So you went from there. So how did your sort of first foray into into you know coming up with I guess at this point you look you know you're deep into strategies and mm-hmm. did you have a strategy before you started this or not? Were you sort of like I did. this is my strategy? Yes. Yeah. And what yes, was it? I what did. was it? What was it based on?
1: Um so price action obviously um it was the main one that I was using and I happened to just go through a really good spell um was a variation of one I picked up in this book from Courtney Smith and it just looked at an inside daily bar on the forex markets um and it was a breakout of the inside bar and in fact I still trade a variation of it today only on one market mind you uh but yeah that was that was the strategy so that was my first it was it was really good to have a strategy to program and thoroughly back, back test as soon as I'd learned how to use some software. So that was the, that was the first strategy. And, and was it like,
0: what, what'd you find out when you back tested that strategy? So when you actually got like, you know, a lot more data and we able to see how it performed um, over time.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It was interesting. Uh, it was, I mean, quite pleasing that I knew that it worked, especially on um, dollar yen but I could quite quickly see on a lot of the other pairs, it just doesn't work. And I had been trading it um, and I'd been trading this manually. So this was before I was using software. I've been trading the strategy manually, looking every night uh, about probably six different Forex pairs, uh, looking for an inside bar and then placing the orders for the next day. But yeah, being able to uh, automate or program it and and automate the back testing. uh, I'd already, I'd also done a lot of, backtesting prior but all manual um, mm. and not just this strategy by the way um i've probably spent before actually getting into multi-charts on Runga's course i'd probably spent the last two or three years backtesting manually uh, those sort of strategies so i already knew that i was into mechanical or algorithmic rule-based oh, yeah. strategies and i was oh, i've got many many spreadsheets where but you know what it's like, you know, writing down the numbers and and backtesting using Excel. Yeah. And and, and so so what
0: about the, what about like the, uh, I mean, the comparison between like, so you ran your eight year backtest or whatever it was on the strategy that you'd manually tested, I'm guessing over possibly if you're lucky, maybe a year or two. Yeah, Yeah. And you, and you, and you saw that it didn't work on all these other pairs and it worked on one what was sort of like, what what were you thinking, what were you thinking at that point? What was a sort of like, was there a revelation there? Like, damn, I'm, I'm actually, I'm going in blind or something like that or?
1: Yeah, I guess so. Um, I don't really remember. Obviously I, I, well not obvious, but I dropped a lot of the markets that it clearly didn't work on after seeing that back test, just completely dropped them. Um, but, um, I remember I was, I was probably so wrapped up with what I had been learning from Andrea Arunga in his course uh, that I was testing so many other stuff as well uh, at the same time and coming up with better, much better results. So that um, kind of kind of went on the back burner a little bit. That strategy. Yeah, it's it's interesting.
0: So okay, so so what what kind of let, let's put it into perspective for the guys listening and watching. What what would con- you consider? You know, much better results than what you were seeing. I mean, what was like? What was sort of like? Ah, this thing's really good because it does X, Y, Z.
1: Um, just a more consistent behavior, better as in a better equity curve, um, a higher average trade value. Uh, that was that was probably the main thing with that that um, inside bar original strategy. Uh, it was a a day trading strategy. It was out at the end of the day, so maximum it was in a trade would have been 24 hours. It it wasn't, it was less than that. So you're always struggling to get a high enough average trade. Um, So I was developing a lot of other strategies which lasted days or weeks um, and just more profit. All right,
0: folks. I'm here at Bull Markets headquarters in Auckland, New Zealand. You can see this amazing view behind me of Auckland Harbour. Now, talking about views, if you do want to get free TradingView Pro, then all you need to do is trade one lot a month at Blackball Markets, and they're going to give you a free TradingView Pro. So, folks, to find out more, click the link in the description below or the card above. Okay. So, so and and at what point do you sort of go? Okay, this strategy is something that I'm going to now trade. Uh, Live, mm-hmm. what what was that sort of decision making point for you
1: yeah that that was um i found it quite easy at, at the start in fact i say i'm risk averse but when i first had a handful of strategies uh that i developed using the knowledge that i had been gaining from andrea runga uh i i was quite quick to put them into practice um and i actually Looking back at them now, I was actually quite lucky that they did happen to, to work pretty well for the first year. After the first year, I ditched quite a few of them because I could see that they just weren't. Um, it was mainly that, I talk about the average trade value. Um, I talk about the size of the average trade. Um, so the amount of money per trade. So when you add up um, add up all the winners, take away the losses, divided by the number of trades you're going to get an average trade value and it was really easy or it still is really easy to develop a strategy that gets an average trade of let's say five pips but by the time you take out some trading costs you look you know forex you're looking at spreads um, swap costs that sort of thing um, that five pips can almost disappear uh, in some cases it will completely disappear with some pairs and you'll know that yourself so that was um that's why i quickly or didn't quickly cut some of these strategies, but that's why I cut some of these other strategies. And then from that, probably about that was the first year. And then from that time on, I was much slower to go live with strategies as they came along.
0: And what, what if you had to sort of try and group these strategies that you created that, you know, didn't work because the spreads and stuff just ate away at the costs and whatnot, what would you, how would you sort of describe them or could you explain one in detail?
1: Um what the ones that didn't make a high enough average trade or the ones that I Yeah, cut the ones that
0: or... the ones that you cut because they 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 were just like, you know, you ran them for a year and then they they started performing poorly.
1: Okay, yeah. So, so it so it's a mixture of two two things really. So um if you imagine an equity an equity curve of the strategy, um some of them uh would continue working and they'd continue moving up to that right hand side. Really nicely, but they would have the two lower average trades. So, the one by the time you've included costs, you're not making any money with them hardly. So, that's that's the one group. And through comparing live trading fills, uh, you know, I could compare in my broker statement to the back test statement, um, then I could see how much it was costing you know, in, in trading terms. Uh, so there so those ones i would cut that just weren't have a high enough average trade and then there's the other side of things where the equity curve just started to take a dip and they just stopped working and mostly because they were over-optimized or i just hadn't quite gone through the the, the process correctly and i mean that's our that's our biggest as algorithmic traders that's our biggest challenge is not over-optimizing building something that not building a a great back test, but building something that's most likely to work in the future.
0: Mm. And and were these price-based
1: or indicator-based kind of strategies? uh... Yes, they were all price-based. Some of them time-based, based based on biases, uh, whether it be um, times of the day where uh, some instrument is likely to rally or likely to decline. Uh, That goes the same with days of the week. Um, And even days of the month, trading days of the month. And those ideas actually come from uh, Larry Williams. I've learned a lot from Larry Williams reading his stuff. Um, And he's a, he's a big, um, yeah, he's very big on things like trading day of the week. Uh, Yeah. You can quite clearly see that there's repeatable times of the month. You know, you might go, go long on trading day 12 and Mm. exit on trading day 18. um, And if that's worked for the last ten years, it's pretty much likely that it's going to continue to work. So yeah it's interesting, isn't so it? Because
0: was, it's, um, funnily enough, with building something like that in the the robot lab that I've that um, I run with with the guys where you we're looking at a specific. Um, we're only working on the hours, but there's this sort of like this guy's come up with a, a way to. Um, or he, he uses it himself where there's this repeatable pattern of enter here exit mm-hmm. here based on the hour or yeah. the day or any time it's any time frame really um yeah. so okay so that's interesting now what about um what about the uh the ideas for the strategies I mean how were you coming up with these uh back in the early days was it just like somebody's given me the strategy I'm going to come up with it or were you sort of using your own mouse to go well this is what I know or were you looking at the price chart and
1: saying, well, that
0: looks like a repeatable pattern. Let's try and build that.
1: Okay, Okay. so let's start with the last one first. Um, looking at the price chart, I have never looked at a price chart and been able to spot something with my eyes. Um, and that brings me on to, let me just divert very quickly. Um, something that I learned from, certainly on Lunga uh, possibly I heard, I've heard Larry Williams talk about it, but... What a, lot, what a lot of people do, and I mean, it seems logical, what a lot of people do, they take their a discretionary approach or a technical analysis approach that because they're a manual trader, but they look at charts um, and then they try and program it. And they try to make that their algorithm. And most often it just doesn't work. So algorithmic trading strategies are very, very different to something you would ever try and manually trade on, on the charts. So that's just a little side note. Could um, okay. you explain, expand on that a bit more as like, to why um, they're different? Yeah, I mean, looking at um, just different price levels, I mean, I, I, hands up, I don't know too much about discretionary trading. I've never really been, well, I've certainly not been a successful discretionary trader. Obviously, I've done a bit of it in the early days um, but a lot of the times it, it doesn't work um, people will try to implement um splitting positions um, exiting at break even uh, all stuff that you, you're kind of told to do uh, when you when you discretionary trade and it yeah. do- often doesn't just doesn't work when you apply it to to an algorithm
0: yeah, it's, right. I I found that as well. Like you know, moving your stop to break even, taking partial exits, for whatever reason, yeah, it just does not work. <laughs> like it doesn't give you yeah. as sorry, I mean it can work. It doesn't give you as um, I suppose, solid equity curves or as robust kind of results or better, even better results than than just, yeah. just taking a position, leaving your stop. Yep. And yep. taking the profit at the target yep. and suffering <laughs> through all the pain that goes with, with the yep. in between bits. Um, and it could be, you know, days or weeks for, for a position to close depending on what time frame you're on. Um, yeah. okay, that's interesting. Okay, okay, that is interesting. Now, um, if you had to sort of like let's dive into what you do now. If you had to sort of look look at mm-hmm. all the strategies you've got running now, how many have you got that you've come up with that you would consider like, you know, your top sort of you know, a A-list strategies?
1: Um, I'll tell you what's working best for me. And if you're going to ask me what my favourite strategy or favourite setup was, um, I don't have one, but I'll tell you which works best for me. Um, and that's probably my favourite one. And that is um, breakouts um, into trends. That's been, that's been working really well the last few years. So I've made, um, unfortunately, um, you've, you've heard of the 80-20 rule Um mm-hmm. Well, I can pretty much apply that to my trading that probably 20% of my strategies have made 80% of profits, which, by the way, I don't like. Um, you know, we'd all like it to be, you know, we trade 20 strategies and they all make a fifth of your profit, but they don't. Um, sorry, 5% of your profit, but they don't. Um, so the, the ones that have really shone um, have been breakout trend strategies and they've pretty much been on the yen pairs, pound yen in particular. Right right
0: okay that's interesting so there's a couple of things there so the um the breakout into trend it's funny because we had we had uh, Thomas Nes on the show a while ago mm-hmm. I don't know if you've heard of him but he yeah. he was yeah Mr Breakout is what he called himself yeah. and mm. he just went deep 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 into breakout trading from an algorithmic okay. point of view and obviously has or he's got obviously he's got he says he has something like fifteen hundred Strategies based on different variations of a breakout. Um, What is it? I mean, have you sort of gone down that route of just focusing on a breakout? And what does a breakout strategy from an algo point of view look like compared to? And I'm guessing, if you don't know, I can probably fill in the blanks. uh, A manual trading point of view.
1: Okay, so typically a breakout strategy for from an algo point of view, um, I'll be looking at highs and lows so highs and lows over the last 20 days so i mean you could use something like a dungeon channel to visually see that on the chart but the highest high over the last 20 days 40 days or it could be um a breakout above yesterday's high um, or or break below yesterday's low or it could be looking at uh, a time window of let's say between midnight and eight o'clock, and then looking at a breakout above the high of that eight hours or below the low of that eight hours. So it's just a price level and it's normally either highest highs or highest closes and lowest lows, lowest closes.
0: Okay. Okay. So, and then taking the profits on those, how do you, how do you get out
1: of those breakout trades? So those ones and the ones that, have seemed to have done the best, um, pretty much all stop and reverse can. So for those of for those of your listeners that don't know what I'm talking about, stop and reverse. So let's say I'm taking a breakout if the price breaks above the highest high over the last 20 bars. The only way I'm gonna get out of that trade is either a stop loss, because I do use stop losses, um, or typically it's going to be if the price breaks below the low of the last 20 bars. So that's a stop and reverse. It means I'm going to be stopped out of my long trade and I'm going to reverse the position and get into a trade in the opposite direction.
0: Right. And and okay, so that's that's if you get a loss. What about getting a profit? How do you get out at a no
1: no that be, no, no that works b- with profits? So imagine. Ah imagine right. So you're taking
0: the profit. Okay. So you're not necessarily losing, but you yeah, you're getting an opposite no. signal yeah. and you're yes. you're getting out. Okay, gotcha. Yeah. So so what on that, also, what did these... you Sorry, mate, go on.
1: I was gonna say, although these are pretty low. I was only I was only looking um a few weeks ago, these are pretty low win rate strategies. We're talking like a 35% win rate on some of these some of these breakout strategies. Okay.
0: Okay. That was the other question I was gonna ask. And and what mm. what is your sort of like if you're gonna go risk to reward on those kind of strategies, what what are you expecting to get on average?
1: So I don't actually deal I don't really Obsess too much on things like risk and reward because I'm not, I don't often use profit targets. Um, you know, a lot of discretionary, um, traders, they'll obviously, they'll use profit targets. They'll look at two to one, three to ones, five to ones, whatever. I generally don't. I generally, I like to see how much net profit the thing makes. Is it consistent? Has it got a reasonably consistent equity curve? Um, has it got a high enough average trade? However, on, I do know on on some of those breakout strategies, probably looking um, between two and a half to three to one um, at the most, and that's with a thirty five percent win rate.
0: Right. Okay. Which is which is a profitable strategy, right? Yes. Yeah.
1: Yeah.
0: Yeah. 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 Um, so some of those
1: and, have made made me the most money in the last couple of years. Yeah.
0: And and like looking at your sort of portfolio, I mean, how many trades are you expecting to see, at t- 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 the portfolio take over the course of a week?
1: so I've got about 16 strategies live at the moment um, and some s- variations of the same strategy as well um, I seem to always have always have a trade um, if not two or three um, in terms of how many open and close I couldn't actually tell you um but oh, yeah I've always got it's, it's always, always going to be
0: update. yeah. So you're always in the market. You're, you're always very in really, the market. Yeah, yeah. You're very very <laughs> yeah. really flat. Now, now, have you ever considered sort of moving to you know? You're saying a lot of the strategies to trade are uh, JPY pairs on the forex mm-hmm. market. I mean, have you ever considered moving to um, like you know indices or anything like that, or do you test on these other kind of instruments and they just don't work?
1: Okay, so um, yeah, let's just just clear that up. Um, the trend following strategies, um, tend to work best on the, uh, the yen pairs. Uh, I have a lot of other strategies which work on other pairs, um, you know, uh, pound dollar, euro dollar, uh, that sort of thing. I have considered because I actually like the trend stuff. Now I'm very comfortable with the trend stuff. And I've only really found that the yen pairs definitely seem to be the best within forex as, as a um, as, as an asset class however yeah i i do want to actually move now um, i've been in forex now for what eight years or so uh, i do want to start moving and exploring possibly into futures because i'm told now i'm, um, I'm told that there are some better trends to be had within futures mm. i mean maybe you'll be able to tell me yeah um, I, mean, I think if,
0: i think generally you do get a better trend but um because the forex is typically mean reverting tired of missing trades or spending hours at the charts introducing my robot builders club with our platform you can build bots in minutes not weeks without any coding required get lifetime access to my video course vip community and over 40 ready-made robots works with mt4 or mt5 and as a bonus you'll get three months access to my robot lab where we build and test bots on live calls every week join the hundreds of traders who are trading smarter not harder click the link in the description Learn more, get the free training, and download a free robot. I mean, in terms of, you know, with eight years' experience in the Forex market and sort of going into the detail there of trying to build bots that work around the Forex market, I mean, if you had to sort of say to like a new trader coming into Forex, here are the, here are sort of three or four things to look out for that you're probably not going to pick up straight away. Do you have anything like that where things that like devil in the detail kind of things?
1: um what would i say i would say straight away i would probably say um stay away from short-term strategies sort of day trading strategies um look for so a lot of my other strategies not not so much the breakout ones but a lot of them are based on daily bars um, price action of a daily bar um and they typically uh, tend to be a much, much stronger signal on a daily bar than anything intraday. Um, so, yeah, stay away from trading intraday. Let your trades last two or three days to two or three weeks um, and, and more so because you won't, uh, come back to that average trade value thing, You know the size of the trade. You're really going to struggle if you're just looking at intraday trading within the Forex because... You know there are costs, and I believe that the costs probably are or can be higher than the likes of futures as well. Um, so that's my, that's my number one yep. thing. If you're going to come into it, look at daily bars, uh, look at daily patterns, um, and look at leaving those trades to run a matter of days rather than in and out within a day. I, I remember, um, like I said, I've I've learned a lot from the likes of Larry Williams and. He'll um, he'll often say that you know we're looking to catch trends um, and trend is a function of time so the longer you can stay in a trade the more profit your you, is available to catch so mm. that's um, that'd be my number one advice um, and number two is just test everything just come up with um, you don't even have to come up with your own your own ideas just find some ideas and um, just start testing them which does mean using well. It, it should mean using some software, really, because yeah. you don't want to be testing things manually. <laughs>
0: yeah, yeah. Um, it's funny, I've, I should re-release it. I did do an interview with Larry way back in the day. Oh, yeah. So I should actually re-release that on here on the channel. Uh, yeah, now, yeah. Um, one thing I was going to ask is around, like, sort of when you are optimizing, or let's not call it optimizing, let's say just testing your uh, your strategy... I mean, do you yeah. sort of apply a number of different techniques to that to see like if say for example you come up with an idea and go, okay, well, mm. here's the here's the concept of learn it from Larry Williams' book or whatever, will you then apply different um, I suppose, what are they called? It's really tactics or strategies to that particular strategy to find potentially a better solution? And if so, yes. what are your sort of go-to <laughs> go-to things? What are your go-to things?
1: Okay, yes, Uh, the answer is yes. Although, um, more recently, uh, within the last couple of years, I've really tried to step away a little bit. Um, I spent a lot of time looking at intraday charts and looking, like I say, because I grew up with or I learned a lot from Andre Arunga, he often uses uh, sort of look at daily patterns. So if you're entering, Intraday on a breakout of, let's say, we're looking at a breakout of yesterday's high. He um, might look at what happened the last five days prior to that day. So, are we in a downtrend or are we in an uptrend? Um, and that's the sort of thing that I would look at to try and improve the original signal. Um, nowadays, I don't do it too much because nowadays I do generally focus on uh, longer term stuff. Um, like I say, patterns using daily bars Um, but with regards to trying to improve stuff I almost yeah I guess I've been taking stuff away from strategies uh, to what I used to do and in doing so I think I've made them more robust Uh, they don't quite look as pretty and in the back tests but they tend to have carried on working better in the future and I'll give you an example Um, Let's say coming back to that breakout strategy um, let's say I'm pound gen and we're gonna buy um, a breakout of the 20 day high I'll actually run a test and I'll run a test from let's say buying the high the five day high right up to buying a hundred day high and I might do it in steps of five so look at a five day high a ten day high 15 day high, etc if I find that the 20 high to the 20 day high is the best one. And none of the others work particularly well. I'll throw the strategy away. I, I don't want to know. I'm looking to see something that works consistently over that whole test period. Uh, that that to me is robust. And then I'll now this is something I learned from um, Perry Kaufman. Um, then I'll look at rather than then you then you've got the um the quandary about actually which length do you choose so you found this this trending strategy that works but which length do you use because five works you know 15 works 40 works which one do you choose so then what i'll do is rather than choose one length i'll split my position into i typically use threes so i'll actually choose three of those lengths because i don't know in the future which one mm. of those lengths is going to work best mm. so typically. So, for example, this strategy, this trending one I use on pound yen, um, I use a 20-day, I use a 40-day, and I use an 80-day. Um, it's actually a bar, sorry, um, because it's on, um, on two-hour bars. But I use 20, 40, and 80, um, doubling it every time, by the way. Um, but they all work, and everything in between works. So that, to me, is, is robustness.
0: Mm. Okay. And, and do you, on robustness, do you do any sort of walk forward testing where, you know, your you test say to 2018 and then you then get your settings that you think these are the ones and then test again from 2018 to 2023 and say, okay, great, yeah. still made money. I'm happy. Mm. And, and
1: So, yeah. So typically what you've described, I would describe as in sample and out of sample, um, which is, which is exactly what I do. Now, There's people in many different camps when it comes to talking about this. So Andre Arunga, um, I don't know if he still does it now, but the way he used to teach was he would take the complete data set. So 100 percent of the data, uh, develop a strategy. um, And his argument was the more data, the better. And you're including very up to date data. Um, And I guess he was so comfortable, he had so much experience with developing strategies, he had a very good idea of whether or not something was over-optimized or not. Um, I've never done that, actually. Um, It just just felt comfortable for me from day one was to leave, like you just described, leave two or three years of the most recent data out of sample. So do all the development on, let's say you've got 15 years of data, Mm. take 12 of those older years of data, do all your development, do any optimizations. When you're happy with it, then you can look at the out of sample data, which is the most recent three years. And if the strategy continues or the the performance looks in line with the rest of the in sample data, then I'd be inclined to be happy to go live. In fact, even nowadays, I even do more. Um, I use more, out of sample data. So I'll often, like with Forex, I'll typically go back to 2008. So nowadays, because I've got back in 2016, when I started, I only had eight years of data. Now I've got 15 years of data. Um, so typically now I might look at using 2012 to 2019 data as the in sample and do the development on that. And then the out of sample, I uh, do the the ends of it. So the most recent and the, and, the, and the oldest data and see how that that goes there's walk forward analysis the way I know walk forward analysis um, is completely different it's taking chunks and altering the settings on a predetermined um, time period like every year looking optimizing for the last say four years applying the settings to the fifth year and then doing that in chunks i, I do I've done it manually We've got software, um, MultiCharts does it um, automatically, and in all honesty, I don't really use it. I have never really found it that helpful. I know the likes of Kevin Davy, superb trader. Um, he uses walk-forward analysis. Um, it's not something that I particularly use.
0: What about like frustration around this? I mean, are there any areas where you get mega frustrated and think like oh, this just this just annoys me? Or is it all pretty much um, like, okay, well, you know, I've I built this robot, I've tested it, it failed, move on to the next?
1: Yeah, I think, um, I think we just, I think I've just accepted or been told uh, slash accepted the fact that uh, you know, the vast majority of stuff that you test, you're never going to trade live because it's never going to be good enough. Um, and that might mean working on something for a few days that, you just have to throw away i guess that's that that's my biggest frustration is with a lot of let's say jobs um you get paid for every hour you put into the into your into your job um, so if you work for three days you get paid for it with developing trading strategies you don't get like an immediate obvious payment because you could spend, like I say, you can spend three days on a trading idea. And at the end of it, you can just, no, nah, didn't work, throw it right away. And yes, you've gained a lot of experience. Yes, you know what didn't work. Um, but you certainly didn't get paid at the end of those three days. So that's the that's the frustrating part of it. Hmm.
0: And, and from like a, a mindset point of view, are there any sort of special characteristics you think somebody in the space needs to have?
1: Um the willing to the willing to just succeed, the willing to just keep on going, uh, yeah, just keep on going you you will find something that works um it's not you know' it's cliche, but it is not a get rich quick thing it's not an overnight thing um it takes a lot of work you know, you're up against a lot of very, very clever people out there doing the trading, so you know you're not just gonna um, you're not just going to come to the market and uh, you know win straight away cool right we're going to wrap up with a
0: couple of quick fire questions here so um, what's your recommended trading book or resource
1: um, some of Larry Williams old books um, but my favourite book uh, I've got it here for you hopefully you can see that you see that
0: Ah, uh, yeah, I've, I've never seen. Oh, Kevin Davey. Okay, okay. yeah, Kevin's so, been on the show of... years ago. Yeah,
1: yeah. So I, I cannot recommend this book enough. Um, it is oh. fantastic. It's probably his cheapest book, um, and all it is. Uh, say all Actually, it do you want to read out it's... the title
0: for the guys listening on the podcast because they're probably going, sure. what? "What's the book?" <laughs> <laughs> you Just filled <held> up. To <laughs> Sorry the screen. about
1: that. Okay, so it's it's by Kevin Davey, and it's Entry and Exit Confessions of a Champion Trader and the little subtitle is 52 ways a professional speculator gets in and out of the stock futures and the forex markets and basically what it is it's a book filled with entry and exit ideas for strategies Um, and not only is it full of ideas it's actually got uh, the trade station code in there as well or multi charts so uh, that's really really useful for People who are using TradeStation and multi-charts. And those 52 entries and exits, um, he gives examples on mainly the futures markets, which he, he uses them on. But I've swapped them about. I've used, you know, entry number 13 with exit number 27 and um on forex markets, obviously. Um it's just it's just completely full of ideas. So if you're uh if you're a trader who has got a solid idea of actually trading risk management that sort of thing i, I don't think he, he details anything like that in that book but if you're just looking for ideas which i find is the most is the most difficult part of algorithmic trading is coming up with the ideas then i cannot recommend that enough and i've re- recommended that to a lot of my students so far and they found it really useful so thanks for that kevin uh, it's it's the book that i wish i wish i'd written so well yeah.
0: and, and does it uh does he give like chance of you know this is the equity curve that this one produced or is it more just yes, ideas yes. he does as well oh yes. wow yeah yeah it
1: gives Fantastic. examples um yes and equity curves yeah
0: man i've got to get some of these guys back on the show it's been a, they have been on <laughs> but it was a long time ago when i did 52 traders talking about 52 yeah um right now now uh, last question if you're to leave our listeners with one piece of advice what would it be uh
1: try and work out what sort of a trader you want to be, and that might require actually going out and doing it. Um, Personally, I knew that I never wanted to be a day trader, discretionary trader sat in front of the screens. Um, That's why I started out doing end of day stuff and eventually got into algorithmic stuff because it requires no time. So go out and find the type of trader you want to be. uh, Once you have found the type of trader you want to be, um learn as much as you can um and you're probably far better off paying someone um for some sort of education rather than looking uh, free stuff unless it's mine of course <laughs> but no go out find someone who's you, who you think is very very good at it um because it's going to speed up your journey massively all like right when i first bought um a training program on Drearunga um it was really really eye opening um it, it it really um give my my trading a real good kickstart.
0: Awesome. Um, And last question here before we end up. So what's your preferred broker and trading platform? Look, folks, I know you want the answer to this question. Which broker is this trader using? Now, the answer has been sponsored by Black Bull Markets. So to find the answer out, you're going to need to go over to tradingnut.com, find the show notes page for this guest, and then all will be revealed. And before you wrap up, what's the best way for the traders to get hold of you?
1: Um, You can find my website it's the transparent trader.com but really there's not that much on there i rarely update that most of my stuff is on youtube so go to youtube and search the transparent trader for jared goodwin and you'll find me all over the place well
0: look a big thank you to jared for sharing with us today everything we've discussed here along with all those links are in the show notes to find them simply search for jared in the search box on tradingnut.com until next time wish all my listeners trading happiness and success all right folks there you have an interview done and dusted with jared now do remember we shot a video afterwards where he breaks down the smash day strategy from larry williams not just breaks it down but also gives you a 10-year track record of how it performed you're going to find out that his win rate was actually quite high when he traded it in a specific way Uh, other things do remember the live streams if you want to enter that then there's links below the video and podcast. And if you do want to check out how Herrera, for example, passed phase one of the Fidel Crest 50K Challenge, then you're going to be able to see that over there on the channel. Uh, Other things, TradingView Pro for free. Yep, there's a link below the video to that as well. And if you're looking to automate anything, then yeah, check out my Robot Builders Club where I've got a whole bunch of solutions, not just Robot Builders Club, but other things there as well that you can sink your teeth into for the MetaTrader 4 and 5 platforms. All right, folks, enough from me. Have a great trading week and we'll see you in the next episode.